Iowa everywhere. Jordan Bohannon, Jared Stansberry. It's Jared and J-Bo on Iowa Everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. I'm ready whenever you are. Damn, this sounds good. Yeah, dude. Y'all moolah, baby. (laughs) Dude, I think I can actually rap on this bitch. Every time that I, no, deadass, every time that I sit down in here and you see all this on the back, it's like... Yeah, it's time to lay a start flow. flow yeah. yeah, it's time yeah. to start rapping now. I'm going to walk in one of these wigs and you're just going to be spitting. I'm going to be like, bro, relax. <laughs> I should just leave this in. I'm just going to leave this in. This is the intro. It's J-Bo <laughs> and Jared here on Iowa Everywhere. Hey, guys. It's our first in-person podcast. This is, I think, the first in-person podcast on the Iowa Everywhere Network. The entire... We're making strides. We're making strides. We're making history. No one else here doing in, this. Here in the studio. We're doing things different. Uh, we won't have any video. We will not be on YouTube this week. Sorry to all of our friends that listen to us on YouTube, but uh, still trying to figure out some of the technical aspects in this in the studio. Figure out how we're going to do some of that stuff. But uh, man, it's good to see you, dude. It's uh, welcome to Central Iowa. First, uh, first things first. You told me you're enjoying your first week in town. Uh, how's everything been going? What's it like being a professional basketball player? It's tough, bro. You know, it's non-stop grind but i'm enjoying it you know western or central iowa is it's it's grown i can't believe from when i was what was it seventh eighth grade going to state tournaments and now seeing like jordan creek mall area like that place is unbelievable how fast that has grown Mm -hmm. um in this in those years but no i've been enjoying it just and it's nice finally meeting you in person start doing some you know some great content here and um, beautiful office that, that we're in right now. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, dude, this setup is sick. Like it's almost way too nice for us. You know, I, I don't feel, I, I don't feel like I should be touching things. That's how nice it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's hard to believe sometimes I come in here and, and the people that stood out front, they look at me, they're like, who the hell is this fucking guy? <laughs> you know, it's like, why, why is this guy walking in here? Uh, but no, for some reason they let us keep coming back. It's pretty, it's pretty cool setup. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Kirk Ferentz continues to give everybody really good PR advice, uh, or at least be a good example of what not to do when it comes to public relations. Uh, a college made a coaching change two weeks before the basketball season is set to start. Uh, and then we got a couple other good things here to tackle as we move ahead. But first things first, we got to talk about what Kirk Ferentz said on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to pull up the video here. Man. I just, I don't understand, man, why this guy sometimes can't get out of his own way, you know, when it comes to, to speaking with the media. And uh, there was a story that came out on, on Cleveland.com over the weekend after Iowa State, or after I was lost to Ohio State. Uh, and this was kind of Kirk's like roundabout way of, I guess, answering back completely indirectly. We'll just hear, we'll hear what he had to say uh, during his press conference on Tuesday. Uh, last Saturday, a lot of players that we talked to said that they felt like a turnaround would be more player-led and it's on the, the leadership of the team to kind of, you know, galvanize the group. How have you seen that manifest itself in the days following Ohio State and kind of how it's trickled out to the younger players on the roster? Yeah, I think it started, uh, I complimented the guys on Sunday just, you know, because um, during the questioning, uh, in some cases interrogation on Saturday that I, I uh, uh, experienced, and the one good thing about that, it dawned on me coming home, you know. I said, man, as bad as today was, it could have been worse because I could have been that guy, you know. I could have been that guy, like 
had his job and had to act like he did. So, yeah, it could be a hell of a lot worse, right? Things aren't all bad. Uh, so he did continue on. Uh, what he continued on to say is completely irrelevant to the conversation we're going to have. Uh, first things first, your thoughts on those comments? The thing with me is I have so much respect for the guy. Yeah. So I, I don't remember if I, I brought this up in our first episode. I thought I did, but I remember he, because he was on staff. His first year was my dad's uh, junior, redshirt junior year. You should tilt your microphone up just oh. a little bit. Sorry. No, uh, the oh. other way. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, there you go. What I sound now? That uh, better, yeah. Nice. I felt like I had a little auto tune for a second. Yeah, I I could probably throw some in. I do have uh, I do have this. Uh, where's that? <laughs> there you go. I feel like I'm in the middle of a nightclub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we can talk about that. Jared, put your shirt on later on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, gonna get the liquor license revoked. <laughs> Yeah, so me and Jared are about 15 shots deep right now. <laughs> Both our shirts are off. No, you got here almost uh, an hour and a half ago, and we just sat here and bullshitted for an hour <laughs> yeah. and a half. That's what actually happened. We basically recorded the podcast without turning on the recording equipment. We had a pre-podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, here's here's my deal with this. I understand, or I guess I cut you off off your story, what you're saying. No, you continue. I, I, th- I think I brought it up before for those that listen to our podcast, but I have so much respect for the guy because what he's able to accomplish at the University of Iowa and on top of like him him having a personal relationship with not only my dad but you know he wrote me a, a really beautiful letter my when I first committed to Iowa and I remember like seeing my my dad and my mom read that and they like had tears in their eyes like it, it was super like cool moment that he had the, like you know the ability to do that to someone you know he's never really met me before but I thought that was really special so you know I'm going to be biased on things mm-hmm. that he does so it's hard for me to critique him like when I see this, but it did come off at a way that, you know, you got to wonder if it's almost like he's almost tarnishing everything that he's built at Iowa by what he's been doing this year. And it's it, and it's a shame because I have so much respect for the guy and I want him to do well. I don't think he meant it in a way that was meaning to directly come in a, like a condescending and non-humble way, but that's how it came across of. So I'm more curious on what you think because you're in the space and you know what these, what the environment is like when these coaches are answering these questions. So here's my biggest thing that I just don't understand about all of this. The way he said it and the look on his face made it seem like he was trying to make a joke that he'd clearly thought about for some time because the it had nothing to do with the question that had been asked. You know, it's like a random tangent that he's going on. Uh, I don't understand if he'd been thinking about that joke and thinking I'm going to say this in my press conference on Tuesday if he thought that that was going to hit in a group full of media members when he's shitting on a media member. Yeah. That's what doesn't make sense to me, you know? And uh, it's like the guy you're ca- you're saying, well, at least I don't have his job. Yeah, all the people you're talking to do have his job. Mm. That's just disrespectful, yeah. you know? And that's where I would come at... F- come at it from. And I, I would say too, at the end of the day, those people that have been in that room with him, the people like Scott Docterman, Chad Lysico, David Eichel, who had the, you know, put out the video that, that kind of went viral, uh, guys like that, man, he has no better ally in this state than those people, you know, because those are the guys. And we've talked about this before. Those are the guys, whether it's right or not, 
they're the ones that control the narrative around the program. And if you lose those people, you got nobody left, you know, because those are the people that have to defend you to the fan base. They help to, you know, kind of get your message across of what you're trying to say. And they're the ones that are, I don't, I don't even know if controlling the narrative is the right way. They're the opinion leaders, you know, where if Chad Lysico comes out and bashes Kirk Ferentz, there's going to be a lot of people who trust Kirk, Chad Lysico's analysis that are going to be like, all right, you know, like I'm, I agree with Chad. And obviously Chad is, that, that's just an example, but I'm saying it, when you start to do things like this and you start to act like you're better than people and things like that, it gets a lot harder to keep people on your side, yeah. you know? And I think that, this is one of those scenarios where Kirk doesn't understand how important these people are to what he's doing. Even if he doesn't like how that one guy went about his business, when you say things like this, it comes off like you're uh, being like pretentious towards an entire group of people and saying, well, I'm a millionaire. This guy's a loser reporter. It could be worse, you know? And that was what turned, was just kind of turning me off about it. And I don't understand, man. I mean, it seems like every week there's been something that he said that has been, it's just like, dude, just don't say that, Yeah, you know? And I want to know how many times, how many weeks in a row do you have to say something before someone's like, yo, you should probably not say those things, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So that's where I came from, from it. Because I, if I'm sitting in the, in that press conference room and I hear that, I know he's not talking about me. I know he's not talking about any of the people that are there, but you still sit there and you're like, that guy's got the same job that I do. So you're kind of talking about me, you know? And I wouldn't, I don't think anybody there probably took it personal, but man, how many times can you attack media members or act like you're being attacked or attacked unfairly or being criticized unfairly before you realize like, man, maybe because everybody here is talking to me about this one specific thing, maybe they're right, you know? And that's just what I don't understand. It's a, and maybe he'll say that people were right all along and he'll end up making a change at the end of the season. You know, he's talked about how he'll review some of that stuff once the season's over, but the approach to it has just not been good, you know? Yeah. The thing too is he has such a long tenure at Iowa where he has, he has a past of treating everyone so respectful. Yeah. And it's not like he has, he's done this for years and years on end. That's what's so confusing to me. So it's almost like everything's just getting to him this year. And you know, maybe this is the year he ends up to go out and I mean, Dude, honestly, hand the keys over to his son. <laughs> like, Dude, honestly, imagine the, what would happen if he did. There would be a war. There would be a, a civil war happening in Iowa City. Do you remember when uh, Tennessee tried to hire Greg Schiano? Mm-hmm. It would be worse. Yeah. Like, I think if anybody tried to f- hire Brian Ferentz, at this point, I don't know that he could get a job in football. I think he will. He'll, he'll get a job. He'll always have the ability. Just because of... I think just because of his experience in the game of football is so rare to find not only as a player and the coach, like as bad as this year has been, there has been successful years that the team has as a whole. Yeah. I'm not saying that he is the greatest offensive coach in the country, which is far from the truth, but he has experience there and that experience alone will be able to set him up for other jobs. I, I do believe, but man, it's, there's something it almost feels like to me, Jared, that there's no like real leader in Iowa right now for football. There's always been that guy. Like you go down through the years, even in Iowa State, like every single year, any single any type of football team in the country, there's always that leader you can look to. There really isn't that guy this year on the football team. Mm-hmm. 
and none of the coaches are really stepping up and being that leader. So it, it's hard to have a successful football team when you don't even have that true leader as a player or a coach. I think the one that would maybe get close is Jack Campbell. I think mm-hmm. he's been some of the things that he said has been really good. But I mean, I think it's hard, like no matter how good that defense is with as bad as their offense has been. I, I mean, I, it's almost like the defense is irrelevant yeah. on some level, which is really unfortunate because of how good they are. Right. You know, it. But I just think that from a fan perspective, like fans aren't going to sit there and listen to what the defense has to say mm. anymore. They're like, we know the defense is good. We know the defense has held up its end of the job. We don't care what you guys say anymore because you're not the ones who can score points and win the game. You yeah. know, I mean, they can and they have at different points, but realistically, sustainably, you know, and I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you. The thing that changed Iowa State at, when Matt Campbell came was that not only did Matt Campbell come, but he got some guys like Alan Lazard, you know, obviously who was already there. But David Montgomery came in and David Montgomery was the one who flipped everything for Iowa State football because he was the guy that on Saturday nights, you're not going out and going to the going to campus town and going to the bars. You're going to the facility and you're going to get your work in, you know, and he's going to hold people accountable to get them in the facility and make sure they're doing the right things and things like that. I don't know enough about the situation at Iowa, but that's that speaks to it. It's like when you get that guy in there, that's like he holds everybody accountable. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. He was a sophomore. He's like, I don't care. I don't care if you're a senior or junior, how many catches you have, how many touchdowns you scored or any of that stuff. He's like, if you're not in here doing the right things, I'm going to hold you accountable, you know, and I mean, I think that it would be hard for anybody on Iowa's offense right now to even try to be that, you know. And I I would think, too, like, you would have to imagine that someone like, I don't know, Spencer Petras or like some of those running backs or things like that, like, even if you stand up and start to try and be a leader, how much weight does your voice even hold at this point, you know? Because, especially Petras, because it's, and it's really unfortunate because I think, and I've said this before, I think he's been put in really terrible situations. And I think that the fact that he's been in some of these situations and has not been able to perform on the field to the level that you need to undermines him as a leader because he keeps getting put out there to fail. Mm-hmm. And that's really unfortunate because it seems like he is someone who could be that leader. You know, I don't know. It, they screwed him and Padilla so bad with the way they handled that situation. And to, for them to put Alex Padilla out there at the time that they did in that game on Saturday was shameful. Because that's you're not setting up anybody here for success. You're down th- 20 points at the horseshoe, 100,000 pe- 100, people screaming at you. You're backed up against your own end zone. Good luck, kid. Take your first snap of the season. Yeah. That's like if you were expected to go in and knock down two free throws at Mackey Arena down by one for your first shots of as a college basketball player. You know, like it's unrealistic to expect someone to go in there and succeed in that situation. And to me, when they did that, that almost felt like them setting it up to sit there and say, told you so. Padilla can't do the job. We just got beat by however many points when we put him in there. You guys happy now? And. That's like, that's arrogance, you know, where you're just refusing to acknowledge you could have been wrong earlier in the season and you could have set this up so much better and done right by people and then just doubled down, doubled down, doubled down. I don't know. That's kind of a tangent, but that's just, I I don't know. I do want to go back to what you you did allude to a little bit was Spencer Petras. So I think the reason this has been such a struggle for this football team this year 
and I'm just looking at this as a team team wise obviously I've never really had great experience in football but knowing my experience in basketball they're struggling they're struggling so bad on offense usually that quarterback role is usually the guy that is that leader is that guy in the locker room with that voice talking to people on the field going around the sideline talking to guys even if they're on the defensive end they don't have that on the offensive end they don't have one guy like you alluded to that there is that, that voice and even if one of those offensive guys like Petrus or Padilla stepped up they have no weight like you just said and, and that that causes a huge disconnect between the team and people that don't necessarily understand sports and how the team works when there's that disconnect you're not going to have a winning program i don't mm -hmm. care what type of talent you have as a team you will not have a winning program when there's a disconnect no matter how little the disconnect is or how big the disconnect is any disconnect will ruin a team in any sport i think you know i don't i've never talked much about my college basketball experience because it's not overly extensive but i was on a team that was bad yeah like really bad you know we had talent. Talent was not a question. But we had factions within our team where it's like, these guys are friends. These guys are friends. These guys are friends. Yeah. And if you're not one of those guys that's in that faction, then it's like us versus them. And so then they're fighting within the team, you know? And it's all, yeah, I've got this guy's back, but fuck that guy, mm -hmm. you know? And... When you start to have that and you have that void of leadership where no one is going to stand up and be like, no, we're together, it, it's, you can't win. It's damaging. Yeah, you just can't win. And it doesn't matter what you do, how much talent you have, like how many people you try and bring in that can do it. Like Unless you've got that guy who's going to stand up and be like, yo, this shit is unacceptable and we have to get better then it doesn't matter, you know? And I'll never forget, one. Of the, we went on this whole trip to Washington, which I'll maybe tell that story sometime because I think you would be, it would blow your mind to hear about a trip to Washington as a Division <laughs> three athlete compared to what it was probably like from your experience. Uh, but I remember we got, we went out there, we played these two top 10 teams in the country and we got, we played pretty well, like barely lost, you know? And it was where we hadn't started conference play yet. You're sitting there, it's like, okay, we could kind of still turn this around if we got if we could come together, you know, and we had this whole come to Jesus team meeting after one of the games and we're sitting up there, everybody's arguing. You got different people standing up. I remember I, you know, I stood up, I was a freshman at the time. I stand up and I was like, I'm fucking tired of this shit. I was like, I'm tired of fucking losing. I was like, I don't care what we have to do. I was like, I sit my ass on the bench. I'll play six, seven, eight minutes a game. I was like, but when I'm out there for my eight minutes a game, you better believe I'm going to put fucking play balls to the wall and do everything I can to try and fucking win. I don't care if I'm averaging two, three points a game. I was like, but I'm watching some of y'all that are out here averaging 25 minutes a game not do that. Not look like you're even out there trying to win. You're just out there trying to do you and look cool, you know, and go and throw up your dunk and do a little salute and, like, do all your things. And it's like, and then you look up at the scoreboard, we're down by 15. And it's like, all right, cool. Sick dunk, bro. We're getting our asses kicked, you know? And... I remember I went, went on my whole thing, you know, and I sat back down and people started laughing at me. And that was the moment in my mind. I'm like, I'm not coming back here. Yeah. I can't do this because I, it's like, I'm a freshman sitting there hearing no one stand up to talk. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll stand up and talk then. And 
my weight, my voice carried no weight with those guys because of the fact that I was a freshman, you know, and they didn't look at it like that. They're like, look, they're like, oh, look at this freshman who thinks he can talk right now, you know, and when you don't have those guys that are going to step up that have built up that credibility to where it's like everyone listens when you stand up and talk, you can't win. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Like it's just, it's damn near impossible to be able to have a team that can come together when you just don't have anyone who can galvanize people and bring them together, you know? And I don't know. It, it's hard to believe that they're in that position, to be quite frank. That's what doesn't make much sense to me, too, because Iowa has a rich tradition of having great leaders, of having great people on their teams to pass that torch. So whatever... I mean, honestly, there's just so many outside noise, too, which is adding, I feel like, to the pressure of these guys. Like Spencer Petras, as bad as everyone is making him out to be, I truly do not believe he is as bad as a quarterback that he is showing right now. I hope Spencer goes into the transfer portal and goes somewhere and has like a all-conference, all-American yeah. type season yeah. somewhere else. Me too. You know, and I, he has not deserved half the shit that he's been yeah. dealt this year and I mean, it just has been unfair i do want to point this out because i am so close to spencer and know him as a person i i just want people that if there's any listeners to us to just go look at his instagram comments on his first photo because i the same stuff happens happened to me while i was going through iowa so i was curious to see what his page was was like scroll through it and tell me you guys you guys don't feel bad or have sympathy for the guy and imagine like the pressure that is put onto him every single game it is it is hell sometimes because I know firsthand what that's like to have the whole world watch you as every step of the way that you're going through. And I know I could have played better at certain types of games because some of that may have gotten to me at certain parts. So that's why I'm saying I think Spencer is obviously he's a phenomenal person off the field. I think he is so much better than what is being brought this year. And he's proven that in the years. But there is just so much going on in this program that it's almost it, it should be a t- it shouldn't be put on one person i do mm-hmm. believe obviously their defense is one of the best in the country but there's way more other problems in this program right now than just one person see and i don't know i don't know enough about their program to know like how much of a like how much time even the offense and defense like really spend together you know to where they like you're a feeling of like we are all together not just like we're separate entities mm. you know and then we come together on saturdays and play together uh but it just like jack campbell seems like the kind of guy i would be terrified to let down that would be my biggest fear playing out there it's like i don't want to let that guy down he's scary as hell yeah like he'll beat the shit out of me if i let him down <laughs> fucking you know me. right like he's gonna hold you accountable by the fact that he's scary as hell yeah. you know and just as a bad dude like in a good way and he does know? his job like, right and he does his, his job and he goes out there and that's where i don't understand like Jack Campbell could be that guy or Cooper DeGene or like all these other guys that they've got on that defense that are really high level players. Why don't the off? Why can they not lead the offense the same way? You know, and I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying like, why does it seem like there's so many leaders on the defense and then no leaders on offense that, that I don't, I don't understand that. Is that recruiting or is that, I don't know. You know, I don't know if we'll ever have an answer to it, but it just is weird. It's a weird situation. I don't know that I've ever seen a program that is so... Uh, one-sided. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so heavily weighted on one side of like all the good players on the team are basically on one side of the ball. Yeah. That's like insane. You know, that's like, it's like the antithesis of 2007 Big 12 football 
where you look at like Oklahoma and they've got 12 guys that are going to go play in the NFL playing every, you know, like in most of their snaps in the game. And then the defense will have nobody who's going to go play in the NFL. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It just is, it's a weird deal, dude. I, it's going to be quite the game this weekend. Northwestern, I don't know if I can. They lose to Northwestern, dude. I, I honestly hope they rattle off their last, what, five, six games. I think they have left. They win every game and they prove everyone wrong. I I think I, what's so crazy about <laughs> I think I think any fan base. I think if it would happen, Iowa State too. If they're going through what Iowa's going through, if they rattled off winning every single game, it's still not going to be enough. No, no matter if they they can have a kumbaya moment, they got everything figured out. They have the best offense. I don't think no matter what happens, damage has always been already been done. And Iowa fans, Iowa boosters want a different direction for this program. I mean, it would take a drastic change yeah. for them to even be competent. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're so far behind everybody mm. in the rankings and things like that. Uh, let me throw a hypothetical out for you. What, what's their record? They're three and four? Three and four, yes. Yeah. They win uh, uh, two more games. They go into that game on Black Friday against Nebraska, five and six mm. to go to a bowl game. And if they lost to Nebraska, what would your mental state be? I don't. I don't even know. I I don't see them losing Nebraska, but that I think that's like the end of all. That's Armageddon. that would be like a that's, nightmare scenario. That's Armageddon of all scenarios, right there. Right to have any team but Nebraska beat them and have that be the yeah. It was the beginning of a new era in Nebraska. Yesterday, they uh, had their exhibition against Chadron State, one by twenty. They sold alcohol in the arena for the first time. Mm. Uh, I, I'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner because I, most people, I think, need alcohol to be able to watch Nebraska basketball. No oh, offense to my oh, guy shit. Fred, but love Fred. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because a lot of people on the outside of Big Ten don't realize that Nebraska, like they have. I mean, I, I think majority know it now by their football fans because they always have a sell arena, especially you being a Nebraska fan. But the basketball team, that's one of my favorite places to play. Yeah. Is, is, I think it's Pinnacle Arena, right? Yeah, Pinnacle yeah. Bank, yeah. yeah that arena is awesome. Dude, it is so much. That was That is the one place. I, if I could go back and play another college game, I would want to play at Nebraska and play play them because it is the best environment. You know, they have so much stuff around the arena. Fam, it's always sold out. It's a, it's the best environment. Always the worst rest officiating possible. Oh my god, <laughs> the fucking officials again. <laughs> you, no bullshit. You came in here, you sat down, and I, you started talking about how uh, the the Iowa game had two pass interferences that didn't get called, <laughs> and I thought you were saying they didn't get called for yeah. Iowa, and I was like, yeah, I'm sure that would have made a big difference in that 44 no. point point. Like, you're like, no, no, it was against Iowa. I was like, oh, okay. No, because I was tweeting about it. I was like. Great call by the officials. <laughs> they did a phenomenal job there. Not seeing that. It was just perfect. Was, perfect that, was that the one that prompted the guy to, to say uh, that Marvin Harrison Sr. killed somebody? Oh, I dude. People I forget? People forget that. Allegedly. 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 Yeah, allegedly that one actually someone. is allegedly. No, that was wild. I, I don't remember what I tweeted. Now that's going to be your thing every time. I tweeted something about the Ohio State game. This guy goes, yeah. People forget Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr.'s dad kept, <laughs> allegedly killed someone. I'm like, dude, people are so funny on Twitter. <laughs> One out of pocket comment about Jim Beheim. What's funny is I'm sure that guy, whoever tweeted, will can, like randomly pop up through the years, whatever I tweet. I'll say something regarding that situation. I know that's going to happen. Man, that is uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, 
All right, another crazy story today in in college athletics. This is on the basketball side. Uh, Two weeks, basically, until the season starts across the country. The University of Manhattan today fired their coach. Uh, I'm pulling up his name. I think it's Steve Massiello is his name. He's been the coach at Manhattan for like 10 years. Long time. Yeah, and uh, was fired today. Uh, their star player, who was the preseason MAC or MAAC player of the year, uh, already is in the transfer portal. Uh, he said he expects everyone on the team to be in the transfer portal with him. What the fuck are they thinking in Manhattan? Who's, whose idea was this? I see why they're leaving. I mean, they don't have a coach. Oh, no, the, the players, I get uh, it yeah. 100%. Yeah. I get it 100%. The administration, what the fuck are you doing? It's just uh, excuse me. The was it Chicago State that f- the coach just quit last year the the day be- no the day of the first game yeah and they didn't have a coach like it's I feel like it's that situation all over again like what is going on how does that happen a long tenured coach like that well and I read somewhere that he maybe didn't have a very good relationship with the administration they hadn't given <laughs> or, yeah no shit and they hadn't given him extensions or anything so his contract was supposed to expire like in April of next year but still like the season starts in 2 weeks yeah, you, you know can't, you can't fire a head coach and I just don't understand how do you not have a pulse of your team where it's like okay if we do this everyone's leaving <laughs> we're not going to have a program we're not going to have a team how do you have a team seriously how do they have a team you know what's worse think about the like if they if they don't have a players, think about the teams that are playing against them. Yeah, like how does that work? And on top of they're gonna go travel to these guys, these teams to get money for their their institution because Manhattan. I'm sure Manhattan has two or three of those games. They're gonna get paid big bucks to mm-hmm. go play these teams to get killed. What happens that? Like how does that work, dude? That's a thing that people do not know about enough. The, how that whole works get with, paid with schools get go yeah, yeah. Get, and how long some of those schools spend on the road and yep. things like that's like a. That's a dirty side of college athletics Dude. thing that I don't think people are ready to face yet. No. Well, and they have to an extent. I've seen some people write different stories about it, but it's like some of those HBCUs and stuff yep. like they'll go on the road for like six straight weeks mm-hmm. and lose every game. Yep. We had one of the, we played one of those teams last year. I, I want to say it was like Kennesaw state or I don't know who it was, but they like, they played a back to back at like, Iowa and Iowa state. Right. Was that what it was? I think so. Yeah, I think that I do remember or that. Alabama I think. State or me? Was it? Yeah, Alabama somebody State? like that. I, dude, I think Alabama State. This is actually it, it's horrible, but it's kind of funny. Alabama State played Iowa State last year. You guys it, almost lost to Alabama State. I remember it was a close game. You guys, you guys. I remember. I thought that was Jackson game. State. No, it was. I want to say it was Alabama State. No, because Alabama State. This is what I was going to say. The Alabama State coach made his team go and run a suicide during a timeout uh, on the court. Yeah, I remember you, I, someone tweeting about that. Well, it was, yeah, that probably was you. That was before we... It might have been. Other. It might have been me. Uh, no, but I remember seeing someone post a video of it that went viral yep. on TikTok because yep. it was like... Oh, yes. It was yes. like, imagine being in the huddle and your coach is like, all right, get on the line. Give me one right now. I think it was Alabama State. But I don't think that was the team that had the back-to-back. It might have been. Whoever it was, I don't know. Whatever. But Still, that's horrible. Either way, dude, that the fact yeah. they had to do that. What do you think about you? Sixty-five thousand. Go get lose by thirty. Mm-hmm. Get thirty piece chicken nuggets in the bag. <laughs> like, go back, play someone else. Get forty balled. And you probably nuggets for all your meals Honestly, in yeah, between. Big nuggets. Yeah. yeah no or sweet something. and sour. No barbecue sauce. Just plain big nuggets. 
or pizzas, pizzas pizzas from Domino's that the school no the toppings. opposing school gave you no it's toppings. like here you go large pepperoni or large cheese those are your no, two no options no pepperoni too too expensive not even the cheese it's just the tomato it, sauce not even the tomato <laughs> sauce it's just the bread <laughs> Here, we cut you some breadsticks no into, into pizzas. <laughs> they just give you the dough. <laughs> yeah, figure you, it out yourself. Yeah, y'all are going to have to figure out when we get back to the hotel. These are take and bake. <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy your own, to- you buy your own sauce, your <laughs> toppings, put whatever you want on it. Uh, everybody gets back to the hotel. They're at the like, microwave <laughs> in the lobby trying to figure out how they're going to heat up their pizza that someone gave them. Can you imagine you see 12 basketball players eating them? Oh, man. Dude, I, I couldn't eat Domino's. Dead ass. I couldn't eat Domino's for like two years after I played Ed oh, Simpson. because I was so good, bro. Uh, oh, yeah. I like Domino's now. But it was every game we'd have Domino's pizza. And I, me and my roommate grab that large pepperoni, get on the bus. Shit's gone in an instant. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, man. I'm still hungry, dude. But uh, just got done playing a basketball game. But at least we got this delicious Domino's pepperoni yeah. pizza for the 18th time in the last two months. Right. You know, yeah. uh, no, my freshman year, I, me and my roommate Ryan Kruner single handedly like upticked the, <laughs> the stock price of Domino's. That was all us. You kept Domino's in business? We, their jump that they made five, it was like six years ago to what they are now, it was all caused by me and my roommate. I'm pretty sure that they built a new Domino's in Ames off the back of my. <laughs> <laughs> purchases once i got over my fear of Domino's. this is in memory of jared yeah yeah they had to build a whole new building they're like we got to get we got to up our our uh, our level here a little bit and now that we're doing some business no that's, that's shout out to Domino's, man i fuck with Domino's, dude I'm, I'm not gonna lie if they Domino's wants to sponsor us we'd be more oh, than happy to my god more than happy to to pitch that one for sure uh i feel terrible for these guys on this team though it's so fucked up dude it's like a weird posi- like position the like imagine the position the ad's in well and it's unfortunate too because the guy who replaced massiello played at manhattan and is a young guy he's 30 so he's he's 30 yeah he's barely even any older than me like imagine if they all of a sudden they fire their longtime coach and they're like yeah you're the coach now he has to be the youngest college coach i mean i would i would imagine 30 years old close to it yeah yeah there's no way there no i've never heard of a guy that young being that coach it's definitely happened before. I don't know. A head coach of a Division One school. Yeah, but I mean, again, it would be at Manhattan level, low. You I know, mean, low, low. Like as much shit we want to talk about. Like they're not. Like they're not bad. No, it's Division not a One. Bad they're all scholarship. Division One. Yeah, they're all on scholarship. But I, 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 the, I already saw that the guy who was the preseason player of the year. What was his name? Um, Jose Perez has already received interest from. Uh, Oregon, Memphis, and Kansas State. Oh wow! Like the instant for him. Yeah. So shit, it might end up working out for him. Good like, for him. but th- I feel for every Jose Perez that there is, yeah. there's six or seven guys who are gonna have to go and play like D two yeah. or something because might because of worse. this. My div- div- Division three or JUCO, honestly. Hey, my boy uh, Brandon Strummer down at Simpson needs to get on these Manhattan guys. Yes, sir. Start bringing them in, so then no nobody else has to have the experiences like I did out in Washington. We're arguing in the uh, in the in little classroom off of the gym. They literally <laughs> is that where it was a little. Yeah, classroom? literally the janitor came and knocked on the door and was like, "Hey, I'm leaving. Do you, will you guys lock up the building?" <laughs> because we'd been in there talking for so long after the game. This yeah. shit, dude, shit was serious, man. It was a bad deal, dude. Oh man. I don't even 
Don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, all right, this is a cool story, though, that came out today. Uh, the Southland announced its preseason uh, awards. They, na- they awarded the preseason player of the year award to Darius Lee. Darius Lee is, uh, was a player at Houston Baptist, which is now um, Houston Christian. They changed their name. That's a, they talk, talk about a rebrand from Houston Baptist to... So just a different... Do they just switch religions? Or? I'm going to guess that they... <laughs> well, no. Uh, no, I think that they're probably trying to become like non-denominational. It's like, we just want all Christians, not just the Baptists. You know? They don't want to be discriminatory against their fellow evangelicals. But uh, last season, Lee averaged 18 points per game, eight rebounds, uh, and then led the team in steals and assists, uh, and then was shot and killed over the summer uh, in a really tragic deal. Cool on the Southland to give him that preseason player of the year award. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, and not just because it's like you feel bad that he passed away because he was a legitimately good player, probably would have been the preseason player of the year anyway. And it's like, we still got to honor this guy. Yeah, no, that's, that's special. Anytime you can do that type of recognition, that's, that means a lot to the family members. That's a cool side of college basketball while uh, Manhattan is the, the bad side. We just went from the very bad to the very good. Yeah. Uh, All right. Now in other news, a very bad, (laughs) The NFL officials are on the loose. <laughs> yes, officials. Let's go. Uh, video came out on Sunday of two officials going up to Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans after the game. It turns out that the NFL has done an investigation and has uh, says that they've cleared these guys of any wrongdoing. But it appeared as though they were going to try and get an autograph. Or a phone number or, or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, whatever they were doing, it was it, it looked shady as hell. Uh, were you surprised to see the officials fanboying over Mike Evans? All I'm saying is, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm, I feel like every single weekend something comes up where it just further proves my point that officials are ass. That's what it comes down to. This video, I, please tell me how. The NFL can come out and just say there is no wrongdoing in the video. So what happened? Right. What were the, what were they doing? What the hell were they doing? I I mean I don't know what like legitimate explanation there could possibly be for what was happening in that video. It makes it worse for them coming out and saying there is no wrongdoing. So they were just what, like what were they asking? Well, what would they be asking him to write down? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no situation in which they should ever be asking, like, going after the situation ever. The yes, officials should go into the tunnel and get a player and have a conversation like that after the game. No, during the game, maybe if there's like a situation. But really, no. The players and officials probably shouldn't interact in football. No, I mean, outside of the white hat. You know, like the white hat interacting is cool, is fine, but but I'm saying like if there's like a situation on the field, like okay, players interacting and talking or talking about a call or whatever happened, that makes sense. But like this is blatant, like after the game, like them is over and they go in the tunnel and ask and talk to a player. If an official had chased you down on the uh, in the tunnel after a game, what would your reaction have been? Well, why would they be chasing me down? Well, I don't know if they wanted to ask you for an autograph. No, well, no, obviously not. I don't (laughs) like to think that there's no. I don't know. There's, there's. I've put a lot of bad words about the officials. Well, and I mean, at this point, I'm sure that there's some officials who are friends with Jim (laughs) Beheim. 
So that's like even added to the crosshairs, you know, and Jim Beheim's a vindictive dude from everything that I've ever read about him. So it's like, you know, you went for one of the guys that I don't know. <laughs> if I stop hearing from you, I'm going to assume. You can't die over saying something. That's what I'm saying. I, well, I, apparently you've never heard of uh, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that, that went way <laughs> holy shit I'm not wrong I don't care I shouldn't have probably said it but you know what <laughs> no it just caught me off guard that was more out there than what I said last weekend about Japan well you said you said you can't die for things you say I mean I think there's been plenty of examples across the world of people dying for the things that they say <laughs> the thing is we don't live in those countries <laughs> well no if we did no, I mean shit think about the things that Kirk Ferentz has said about some of these guys man like come on like some of the reactions that, oh. that, that Cleveland.com reporter if we lived in Saudi Arabia he'd be down bad bro like he'd be having to watch his back I'm not kidding Oh, I did not expect a Saudi Arabia comment to be made this podcast. I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> that was just so out there. It's just I'm I'm just reminding all the people out there that have supported the live tour of the oh, uh, this is of, what it boils down of the to. travesties that they're supporting. Yeah. You want to take the money? No. Yeah, you're full of it. There's no, no way. There's no way, dude. Why you would like, not take well, the money? Because you're giving up on everything that you stand $500 for. Five hundred million dollars at that point. Fuck it, I don't stand for anything for five hundred million. <laughs> Fuck it, all right, yeah, I'm in. Half a billion bucks, yeah. That okay, half a half a billion dollars, I'll give up everything I stand for. I don't care, bro. Everything, they like helped. everything you stand for, bro. The Saudis like bankrolled nine eleven. I, I, I I'm well aware. Yes, I know, but I'm saying you wouldn't take that money. I I would feel horrible about you're, it. I would expect to go to hell at that point. I'm dead serious for taking money of a sport you're you're good at. Yes. From those really? people, from those people and associating with those people and not being like, yeah, I'm not going to do business with these terrible human beings. The thing is like, not everyone you're going to do business with is going to be a great person. Oh yeah. As proven by Kanye West with all of the things <laughs> that he's been trying to do here over the last several weeks. We are just throwing shit out there right now. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, I get that, but I'm just saying that if like some, there comes a point where some of the things that some people have done are so egregious that you, you got to sit there and say, man, is this worth it? But there's a lot of examples, like a lot of wall street guys aren't the greatest. I don't think history is going to look well. I don't, is going to look kindly upon the people that have taken this money. That's all I think I would say. But what I'm saying, it doesn't matter when it's life changing money. It's all those guys made a lot of money anyway. Like how much money do you fucking need? I don't know. I get it. Like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But I'm just saying, I don't think history is going to look kindly upon the live tour and the people who went and signed up with it. I'm not taking a side because I, 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 I respect the viewpoint that Tiger has. So like, you're saying you support the Saudis. You support the Saudi I'm blood money. <laughs> I'm not supporting any if, if Okay, here, let me ask you this. If the crown prince of Saudi Arabia came to you right now, he said, we'll pay you $500 million to come and be the star of our professional basketball league in Saudi Arabia. Are you taking it? Yeah. It's a sport I love to play. How long do I have to play and what are my obligations, though, is what I'll ask. Who knows? You might be indebted for life. You just got $500 million. <laughs> so I'm They just life. bought your whole life. They bought, they bought you, basically. You're yeah. basically a slave to them now. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you signed up for. 
I don't even know what to say. Because then you know if you say one bad thing about him, you know what's going to happen to you? Chopped. Yeah. Chop suey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they got any lakes out there in Saudi Arabia, but you'd be at the bottom of one if they found it. Maybe if they did have one. Yeah, or something. Yeah, they're going to throw you in quicksand. Hmm. Quicksand I always kind of want to know what that's like. I was just going to say quicksand is something that I... That's a when you're fascinating a kid, concept. When you're a kid, you see it in the movies and stuff like that, and you assume that that's like a thing that people have to be scared about, potentially coming across as quicksand. Yeah. I've never seen... Is that even real? Yeah, it's real. But like, is it? What do you mean? Yeah, it's real. Do people die in it? I'm sure people have died before. Yeah. I want to know what the first guy who found quicksand thought. What was like... Clearly, they didn't put much thought into the name, so that was the first part of it. I mean, it's a simple concept, though. Quick That's sand. what I'm saying. It's li- exactly that, that sand. Of all the things that w- in the world that we've named, that's like the one thing that it's like, this is exactly what it is. Let's just name it that. I feel like there's a lot of things out there that this thing is what it is. Let's name it that. Well, it's like, uh, uh, what came first, the fruit, the orange, or the color orange? The what? Oh, that was the egg scenario. No, no, I'm just saying this. Is, and I'm talking about naming things. What came first, the color orange or oranges? Like the fruit oranges. Did the color orange come from the fruit, the orange, or did they call oranges oranges because it's the same color as the as orange? How do words even? How did words even happen? I don't know. This is some shit that blows my mind, though, dude. I always well, think about this. How, I don't like know how we thought of word, this stuff. Like the first word. And then now we're here. Well, and just think how many times someone came up with the first word of the English language and started using it. And they like, then they had to get all their friends to use it. Yeah. It's like when someone comes up with a cool new slang. We're we're in a cult. We're we're in a cult. The language is a cult. How? Because the first person that made English, let's say the first person that said the first word. Yeah. Got all his friends. Everyone started saying it. I mean, really, we're just part of fads. We're just following the fad. English is just a fad. There's probably someone out there that was like, man, this fucking English thing, this isn't going to last. There's no way. So you, are you, you, don't, you, you don't think it's going to last? No, I'm joking. I'm, oh, I'm obviously, okay. no, yeah. I'm saying that there probably was somebody out there that heard pers- people talking in English for the first time. They're like, Latin? Latin is the language of the world. Now Latin's a dead language. How long <laughs> will it take for English to become a dead language? That's how the world evolves. Like you create these whole new languages and things like this. Like, I don't know. I, it's just, I don't know. I think it's crazy how the whole thing, like how we're here. I still would like to know what came first, the color orange or the fruit, the orange. I don't know. I would imagine the fruit. See, but then they had the, like, why did they think like, yeah, we're going to call this an orange. Whose idea was that? I'm just saying. You got I just me. think you're wearing these, orange yeah, sweatshirt. I am too. wearing an orange sweatshirt. Shout out to the WNBA, <laughs> man. Yeah, I am wearing my orange sweatshirt today. Uh, man, as we started talking about the officials, and all of a sudden I'm throwing shit. If I don't show up next week, you're going to know why. It's because I was talking about the Saudi Arabians. Yeah, not you, not me. I didn't say it. You're public enemy number one in Syracuse, New York, and I'm going to be public enemy number one in, <laughs> in the entire nation of Saudi Arabia at this how point. I, how am I a public enemy when I strictly state a fact about someone? Because clearly they've done everything they can to try and help everyone forget. They probably, we were just talking about this before. We figured out exactly when it happened. Whatever. So you're February just trying to 20, forget the guy that got killed? They're probably, no. Don't you want to remember no, him? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying that. I'm not no, saying that. No, you said that. You no, said it. No, I'm not saying you that. I'm people saying are, the people in Syracuse are trying to get people to forget. You brought it back no, up. That's hence why. Good. No, that's what I'm saying. You because we're the ones that we bring light to the 
world. Yeah, we bring light to the world. We bring light to the important stories that people need to talk about, that people need to be aware of. People need to remember. Next time you see Jim Beheim, I think I hope they remember. Yeah, that, that's that, what I, I'm saying. That guy did kill somebody one time because the people in Syracuse, New York, have tried to prevent people from remembering yes. that. But yeah, so what I'm saying, I tried to help everybody remember Thank that you. the Saudi Arabians have done some horrible things. Yeah, but you. And now it up a I'm a bad person. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, way. I brought it up a different way because what they've done is considerably worse than what Jim Beheim has done. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think if we want to sit here and put Murder accidentally is... killing one guy, allegedly bankrolling 9-11 on a scale, they're not going to even out, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, guess, just I would have to get some like Excel documents out and start comparing. And comparing. I'm going to have, I'm going to have those people that are, uh, the like, uh, freedom people are going to be pissed at me. They're going to be like, why can't they do business with whoever the fuck they want to? And I'll be like, I don't know, man, because they've killed hundreds of people. I don't know. Like, they're terrible human beings. That's yeah, why. I, 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 get, I know. We're, we're I'm going not back. saying that you can't but do it. I'm just you... saying I'm going to judge you for it. Like, that's just what, that's all it's going to come down to. Yeah, but I feel that you can be a good per person have still, there's going to be shady people you're going to work with. In business. Well, I'd sit there and I'd say to those guys, I'd be like, well, what good are you going to do with that money now? You going to do anything good with it? Or are you just going to let sit, you're just going to be rich off your money you made on playing golf for those people? I would imagine they do some. Well, good. I would hope so. I hope that they would be able to pay. They they figure out that they know they got to clean up that karma. I'm just saying. I, I just don't think there's karma with that. Like, I'm just saying. Like they're gonna. There's karma with all. With there's everything. karma with anything. Yeah. But I don't know. I just don't think it's as as it's as bad as people think it is. But I'll, I also agree with the PGA Tour staying how it is. I just think there will be a day when that when those guys are going to have to meet their maker, and that's not going to be a positive mark on their their ledger. I don't know. I, I see both ways. I, I think it's not as bad as you're making it out to be. I love how we're debating this thing that happened like, like six <laughs> months ago yeah. now. So we talk about current events here. Yeah, yeah, current events. Oh, I do have a current event for you that came out uh, yesterday. Uh, there's a reported serial killer under investigation in Fremont County, mm -hmm. Iowa. Uh, this is a Halloween story for you. Uh, this is from KMALand.com. Shout out to some of the folks at KMA. This is where I got my first job in journalism, so shout out to them. Uh, according to a published report on Newsweek.com over the weekend, cadaver dogs recently discovered suspected human remains at spots identified in a remote location near Thurman. The Fremont County Sheriff's Office launched the investigation based on information from a woman claiming her mur her father murdered scores of young women and buried them in the with the scores. help of his children. <laughs> Why'd they say scores like that? Like that was. Uh, it's probably because of uh, just trying to get word oh. word variety. You know, it gives me goosebumps. Scores. I think you'd be surprised how when you have to write a lot, you start to use the same words over and over again. It's about trying to scores. You know, though? that's that's like a ancient word. That's like the first word I ever made. That's like the word. <laughs> that's what we were just talking about. What do you think was the first word of the English language? Of the like the modern English language, is it a? It would have to be, right? That's not a word, though. It's a letter. Is it? Is It's a word. A? I think it was like penis or something. Oh, my God. Well, like, everyone was naked back then. That's how we started English, is that we needed a way to describe our... I wouldn't doubt it. Private parts. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, back to the story. <laughs> uh, Lucy Studi told Newsweek her father, Donald Dean Studi, which... The, some of the things in here have not been have not been confirmed yet, 
But I just want to say the second I read that name, I said that was a fuck. That's a fucking serial killer name. Serial killer. 100%. Her father would direct her and her siblings to help him as he transported bodies using a wheelbarrow in the warmer warmer months and a toboggan in winter. Studio alleges her father killed 50 to 70 women over three decades before his death in March 2013 at the age of 75. In most cases, the victims were transients or sex workers from around the Omaha area. Uh, I have a couple questions here. First things first. Uh... Like how, how do you how do you get roped into helping your serial killer father bury dead bodies and then not talk about it for f- like thirty years? It's like that Saudi Arabia money. I mean, he, he must have had it. So, he had it some way of keeping these people from talking. Dude, I mean, how many that, people can be involved in something, especially kids, dude? Like that's crazy. So my thing is, I mean, how many? How many people have gone missing and it's all related to this guy? Well, and just think how many people maybe went missing and no one even really knows they went missing. If they're just transients or like, or homeless people yeah. or, you know, people that are kind of on the, like, I don't even know what the best way to put it. Just people who are not in society. Yeah. Necessarily yeah. part of society. Like, I mean, that's crazy, man. I, I don't know. And I, I said this to you. I've been to Thurman. It's Thurman's in Southwest Iowa, probably about an hour from Clarinda. And it's a haunted ass town. Like you drive through there, you know, you can feel it. It's you like know. There, there's something going on here. Why didn't you report it then? Well, I told Chris I was going to go on sabbatical. I'm going to go do an <laughs> investigation. I'm going to spend the next year. I'm going to like record the next serial. <laughs> So if you don't hear from me next week, either I got killed by the Saudis or I've <laughs> taken my stuck. sabbatical to go uh, investigate the Fremont Mount, uh, the Fremont County killer. And it's a, it's a small town, right? Oh yeah, I I'm willing to bet there is. If there's more than a thousand people who live in Thurman, I would be I'd be surprised. Not Thurman Munson. Come on, Thurman Munson. Wait, who's that? Uh, he was a catcher for the uh, for the Yankees who say, passed like away in an airplane crash. Uh, no, he is not a serial killer. He was beloved. Rest in peace, Thurman. Yeah. Th- Oh, the population of Thurman is 167 based on the 2020 census. Oh my gosh. So that's literally a ghost town. Yeah, basically. Yeah. There's, I don't, if I'm not sure they even have like a gas station or anything. What do you, what, like, what's even the daily like activities of someone that lives in that type of town? I mean, probably more or less the same as the daily activities is in any other town. I don't, I don't think I so. I mean, I grew up in a town of 5,000 and it was this, you yeah, know. Yeah, but 5,000, that's people. Yeah, I mean, we at least had a McDonald's. Yeah. We didn't have a Domino's, though. Uh, it would have been nice. Life would have been different. Oh, it would have been. Let me tell you. Yeah. I had to have Pizza Hut all the time. Oh, ew. Not Pizza Hut. <laughs> at least you had toppings and sauce and cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh all right, then one, I got one more story for you here. Uh, a, a Court Avenue nightclub faces a 14-day liquor license suspension after someone uh, exposed themselves and performed sexual acts at the bar. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, it doesn't necessarily... Is it a girl, a girl or a guy? Uh, okay, according to the council's agendas, uh, agenda items, Shags violated Iowa's indecent exposure law after allowing patrons and entertainers to expose their genitals and perform a sexual act during a performance at the club. Mm. Does Do you think someone like... Did somebody like get there, get like a blowjob on the stage, you think? That's like the only thing I can think of that would even be... Perform sexual activities, that's what it says? Yeah, 
I mean, I don't know what else unless they were just straight up. Imagine this. All right. I'm going to lay out. A, I don't, a I don't know if I want to imagine I'm gonna it. lay out your scenario for you. It's Saturday night. You're stepping out. You're feeling good. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have a good time tonight. Mm. You pull up the shags. You're chilling, having a couple drinks, sipping, chilling with the homies. All of a sudden, there's somebody up on the stage getting a blowjob. What's the reaction? I'm going to be like, oh, shit. I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, that's my immediately first thought is I'd be like, the fuck did I just walk into? Like, I'm leaving. I'm not staying. Because then you already know there's going to be that person that's standing in the front row. They're going to have their phone out. Yeah. Yelling world star or something like that. They're and like, you, oh, I'm going viral. Yeah. And it's just somebody. And you don't want to be that guy in the crowd that's like in that video in the, like in the back. And I was going to say, I just I like been, watching. Right. It would become controversial because uh, you and me are standing in the background of the video watching <laughs> We're it. We're like, there. right. We're <laughs> looking completely <laughs> the other way. And we get canceled for being part of the video <laughs> from Shags. We're just critiquing. Oh, no. Oh, First of all, Shag, Shag, the technique. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of teeth there. No, Shag just sounds like my someone. mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> my parents are not. This is what my parents sent me to journalism school for. So. This is like unrated content. Yeah, today. yeah. This is something they they let us record in person one time, yeah. and all of a sudden we've created like a na- an international conflict with Saudi Arabia and and all kinds. A war of is going to start yeah. because of us. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad deal. Uh, no, that was. I read that and I was like, man, what could possibly have happened? And then I wanted. I'd sit there and I'd be like, is this like this? Did they, it's a strip club now? Like, what is yeah. this? You know, there's some freaky shit going on. Like it's called shags too. Like shags just sounds like a dirty word. So it used to be called uh jokers. Mm, that sounds violent. I don't know why it just sounds violent. The, on, the only thing that I remember that like made it distinct is that they had these big jokers. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, big joker no. heads, you know, like, yeah, you know what I'm right. talking about? Dude. Like terrifying no, that's things like, straight out of a nightmare, and they would blow smoke out. That's like they were like devil, smoke machines. That's like devil shit, like Illuminati type esque. Well, I don't know anything about the folks that you know do business at or that that own shags. I'm not going to try and accuse them of anything. And I, I think they did went through a rebranding exercise yeah. at one point. I want to say that all of their like house specials are sexual drinks. So the fact that the I'm I'm dead serious. When I saw the tweet that this had happened, I knew right away exactly where it had happened. Before I even opened it, I knew. Because that's the only place that I felt like that there it would be like... A blowjob happening. Or something, you know, where could that could conceivably happen. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, love my, my folks at, uh, at Beer Can at the Exchange. I knew it probably wasn't them, so I was like, I'm, I'm safe there, but... I I don't know. I I don't know what my reaction would be if I saw some shit like no, that. No, I'm leaving on, like, the spot. I'm I, not getting any part of that. The thing I feel bad, I don't know, I don't feel bad about it. Somebody went to the police. That's like, come on, don't be a narc, man. Like, just like let them do their thing, you know? Dude, you can't. You got no, no. You just can't. Why don't you just kick them out and say like, hey, don't come back. You don't, you just, don't gotta be like the I whole mean, thing. Like, no, I, I don't agree. Lost with our that liquor one. license now because they because yeah, did that. But like, you're you can't you can't have a blowjob in the middle of public if that's what it happened. Did you ever see when uh? The, the lady was giving somebody a blowjob at the baseball game up at the top, like in the upper deck. No. Yeah. And they caught him on camera. Recently? Yeah. 
I used to work in a movie theater. That happens. Oh, actually, I was just gonna that, bring that, that up. That actually disgusting. happens more than you would think. I, I remember multiple times where people were caught doing things like that. That's in movie theater. so gross. And you just kicked them out. I can guarantee you, just about anywhere that you have been in in your lifetime, someone has probably had sex in that place before. Uh, not right, right in here? here. Not in here. All not right. in here. This room is completely <laughs> unsullied. I feel confident in that because this building has only been here for a, a short period of time. If anyone's had sex in here, I would be very surprised. I would say that. I but have no idea who it would have been. Well, you can't say for sh- for certain. Okay. I guess I can't say for certain. Okay. That's all I needed to know. If you can't say for certain, don't say anything at all. Well, now I'm going to think about what happened here. I don't know. I don't know why I had to do that. Take away my peace of mind. I come in here every day. You what? No, 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 no. You're not making any accusations about me like that. You just said it. No, I would not do that. I would not do that. This is my place of work. This is my place of work. This is my place of work. You said you come in here every day. Shut the hell up. Get out of here. C O M E, get your mind out of the fucking gun. I didn't say it. Yes, you did. You know, it's, you, you said no, it. I no, no, no. It's just like you. You, said you it, had I the look it. on your face. You had the look on your face. The little smirk, like Kirk Ferentz did, where he's talking about the low life reporters. You're talking about you. you I knew what you're doing. It's a snarky little joke. I, I knew what you're doing. I wasn't doing anything. You. I repeated exactly word for word what you said. You. Re- yeah. You. Re- if it was written out, you would have replaced my word with a different word. No, I would have repeated. I wouldn't have written down. What is a, like, what's a word that sounds the same as another word, but spelled different? There's got to be a night. word for that. Yeah, like night and night. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there is a, yes. Uh, no, there, there's something. Yes. What, what's it called? It, it, they have a word for it. Next week, we're going to come back. That's what we're going to start the episode with yeah. is we're going to figure out what that word is. No, there is. There, there's a word for it. All right. We thank everybody for listening. We'll talk to you guys again next week on Iowa Everywhere. Peace. Iowa Everywhere.